Our scripture this morning is found in Judges, chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. When the Israelites cried to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery. And I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. You shall not pay reverence to the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not given heed to my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Gideon answered him, But sir, If the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us, and where are all his wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and given us into the hand of Midian. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Thank you, Luann. Uh, before I start, I want to let you know about something you, you may not be aware of. This Saturday, we are having a fundraiser. Uh, for We're hosting a fundraiser for Rice and Beans Ministry. Fred Curry, uh, who's part of this congregation, leads this ministry in Costa Rica, doing a lot of great work. Um, Adam Kappa is a touring recording artist who has been working with Rice and Beans, uh, leads their worship for them, and he will be coming here along with a young woman named Kayla Bailey. They'll be doing a concert here, and it's all as a fundraiser for Rice and Beans. So it's this Saturday, I believe, this Saturday at 7 p.m. right here in this room. So I just want to encourage you to come, uh, be a part of that, invite some people to come with you, hear some great music, have a great time, and support a great ministry while you're at it. So this Saturday, the 13th, right here in this room. Um, Well, today we are beginning a new series, Gideon, the Making of a Leader. And so for the next three weeks, we'll be getting to know Gideon. We'll be finding out more about who he was and the journey that he went through when God called him to stand up and be a leader for his people, Israel. And if there's one thing that I hope that we will take away from this series is this, that God is calling every one of us to make a difference for him where we are. There is not one person in this room that God is not calling to stand up and make a difference for him where you are. So if there's one thing I want you to just let sink in from these three Sundays that we're going to spend in this, it's that. He's calling us out. He sees our potential to impact the people and the situations around us. He's calling us to step up and take action. You know, many of us are in positions of influence, whether it's at work or it's within our families or in our schools. We are in positions of influence. There are problems around us that need to be addressed. There are needs 
that need to be met. There are people in our spheres of influence who need to be encouraged and supported. There are people in our families who need to be encouraged and supported. There are relationships that need to be healed. God might be calling you to stand up and make the apology. Own something. Be the first one to start healing a relationship. These are things that God is calling us to do. And God is saying to us, these things are going on around you. Will you join me in doing something about it? Will you join me in healing and leading and changing things? Will you take risks with me even in your fear? Will you trust me even in your doubts? Will you rely on and believe in the power of my presence even when it seems like I'm absent? Will you become a man, a woman who lives beyond your own power, in my power, to make a difference for me where you are. God's calling us out. He's asking us to step up. So today, as we begin our series in Gideon, we're going to begin where Gideon began. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't like God came to Gideon and everything was fine and everything was going smoothly and Gideon felt really strong and really good about himself. It was a mess. It was a difficult circumstance. So we're going to start right there this morning. We're going to talk about difficult circumstances, painful situations, and how God would be calling us to lead even out of that. So we're going to start there with Gideon. And we want to understand what were his circumstances and what was going on inside of him when God appeared to him and called him to step up. So as we begin, let's, let's pray and let's ask God to help us understand and to speak to us this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your presence here today. We love you, and we ask, Lord, that you would speak. You would just fall over us and speak today. Make your word clear and give our hearts courage to receive what you would say today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're at, our account of Gideon is in Judges is chapter 6. Chapter 6 through 8. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can go ahead and turn there. We'll be in there a little bit today. But I would encourage you um, over these next three weeks uh, just to read those chapters and become familiar with the story of Gideon. Because obviously there's no way we can, we can go over every aspect of his story. But read it and be familiar with his setting and his circumstances and who he was. And that's going to fill in a lot for you when you come in here on a Sunday morning. So let's just start. Who was Gideon? Who was he? Well, let's go all the way back for a second to when the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. Okay, here they are. They're in Egypt. They're, they're enslaved. And, and they cried out to the Lord in their pain. And, and we know the Lord heard them. And so the Lord appeared to Moses. And he called Moses out. He said, Moses, I want you to go. And I want you to rescue my people from Egypt. So Moses goes. They're rescued. God leads them out of Egypt into the wilderness. And there in the wilderness, God speaks again and he gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And there God enters into a covenant relationship with the people of Israel. So he moves them on, leads them into the land that he had promised to give them generations back. And here they are. They find themselves in the promised land. And unlike the nations around them, they did not have a king. 
Other nations had kings. Israel did not. They didn't need a king because they had God. God was their God. They were his people. God would protect them. God would lead them. God would provide for them. God would satisfy them. They didn't need a king. They had God. They were to follow God. They were to listen to him. They were to love him and be, you know, cooperating in that covenant relationship. They were not to follow, not to worship the false gods of the nations around them. But that's actually exactly what they did. They started following these false gods of the nations around them. And over time, the people of Israel began to incorporate the religious beliefs of these other nations into their religious beliefs. Time and time again, the the people would begin to worship and trust in the false gods of the nations around them. And then they would suffer the consequences of that choice, which usually looked like persecution from those nations whose gods they were worshiping. So then they would cry out again. And I don't know if they would necessarily cry out to Yahweh. I mean, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe there were some who did cry out to the one true God. Maybe there were some who still believed or they had enough of that. But they would cry out. And whether or not it was to God and it was the way they were supposed to, God heard them and God responded and God would come. He would deliver them. He would raise up a judge from among them who God's power would rest on, and while that judge was living and while that judge was leading, the people would have peace and they would be delivered. Gideon was one of the judges that God raised up to lead and deliver the people of Israel. Now, you know, when we hear that, you might automatically think, if you don't know anything about Gideon, well, he must have been a really spectacular kind of guy. He must have been strong. He must have been brave. He must have been fearless. He must have been all these wonderful things that I am not because God called him and raised him up to be a leader. Well, let me tell you about Gideon. He was not perfect. Gideon had issues, big issues. Gideon was afraid of what other people thought, he was fearful. He was afraid of failure. And on top of all that, Gideon grew up in a time when Israel was really confused about who God was. Really confused about their faith in God. His family, for instance, they worshipped God. They had altars that were built for God, built for their worship to God. But you know what? They also owned altars and had altars that were set up for the God Baal. Gideon's family. It's a result of the culture and the time they were living in. Gideon was not perfect. Gideon's family was not perfect. Gideon didn't have it all together. And I want you to take note of that and remember this because later in our series, next week really, we're going to be, we're going to really want to apply this to ourselves today. Apply it to yourself today. But next week we're going to be talking about how God wants us to step up and take action. And we are going to be tempted to throw up a laundry list of excuses of why we are not the person that should do that. And the first one on the list is going to be we're not good enough. I have all these problems and issues. It's like Gideon. See, it's not about our issues. And what we can't do. But it is about God and what he can do. So just remember that. Gideon's not perfect. Gideon doesn't have it all together. And he doesn't come from a family. Really from a people anymore. That have it all together. So here we are. We're in Judges chapter 6. So start a Gideon story. 
And here's the situation that's going on. So the people of Israel, once again, they've departed from this covenant relationship with God. And for seven years, they have suffered at the hand of Midian, which means the people of Midian and really their allied tribes, other smaller tribes that were allied with Midian would just come in and they would just destroy the land. Okay, so this is Judges 6, 4 through 6. Just listen again. They, that's Midian, would encamp against them, the Israelites, and destroy the produce of the land as far as the neighborhood of Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel and no sheep or ox or donkey. For they and their livestock would come up and they would even bring their tents as thick as locusts. Neither they nor their camels could be counted. And so they wasted the land as they came in. Thus, Israel was greatly impoverished because of Midian. So, of course, what do they do? They cry out in their pain. God hears them, and he sends a prophet to them. First thing he does, he sends a prophet to them who reminds them of all that God had done in leading their ancestors out of Egypt. And he also, though, has a tough word for them. He has a tough word that they need to hear about rebellion about the results of broken covenant, about the results of putting your trust in false things. And so he sends this prophet, he has this message for them, and then sometime after that, God appears to Gideon. Because here again, this starts in verse 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abysrite, and his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Okay, let's just pause there for a second. Let's focus on this statement. The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. If there is anyone who looks like anything but a mighty warrior in this moment, it's Gideon. Because what is he doing? He's hiding. He's hiding, right? He, he's beating out wheat. He's threshing wheat down in a wine press. That is not where that is supposed to happen. But that is where he is. He's down in the wine press because if the Midianites see him threshing this wheat, they will come and they will take his food. They will just take it. So let's just try to enter into this situation for a moment and just try to imagine the kind of stress that Gideon was under, the kind of stress that the whole nation was under, and the anxiety that that would produce in a person. Because, for instance, if the Israelites ever tried to resume normal farming or, or shepherding activities, the enemies would just come in and they would just steal their food. They would just take their animals. And so they learned to hide. They learn to move quickly and stay out of sight. And so when we meet Gideon, we see that he has learned well how to survive. He is living according to his circumstances. He's stressed and he's fearful. But the angel of the Lord says to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. Clearly, he sees some potential. He sees something in Gideon, that is greater than what Gideon is doing at that moment. But Gideon doesn't seem to respond to that whole mighty warrior thing. He focuses on the first half of the statement, the Lord is with you. And he has his opinion about that. And his response sounds a little bit like a rebuke. He says this, but sir, 
I mean, at least he still has his manners, right? But sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are his wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and he's given us into the hand of Midian. He is so overcome by his circumstances, first of all, that he can't even see who he's talking to. I mean, at the least, this is an angel. This is a messenger of God. And some scholars think, however, that this may actually be uh, what's called a, a theophany. It might actually be Christ himself appearing to Gideon. But the point is that Gideon is so overwhelmed, he is so tired, he is so anxious that he could not see past his circumstances to believe that God would actually be present with them and to see who has appeared right before him. Somewhere along the way, Gideon has equated bad circumstances with God's absence. And not only with God's absence, but worse, that God wouldn't care about their bad circumstances. Maybe that God had actually cast them off into this trouble. He says, look, look, our ancestors talk about God's wonderful deeds. Well, where are his wonderful deeds now? All I see is destruction. You say God's with us? I don't see any evidence of God being with us. In other words, no visible, obvious deeds of God to protect or to deliver them from persecution or distress equaled God's absence. He's not here. And more than that, it equaled God's lack of care for their situation. Now, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, this is one of the biggest questions that people have about God. Why do bad things happen? Why do bad things happen? Where is God when bad things happen? Does God not care? Does he not care about these suffering people in the world? Does he not care about me? Why is this happening? Why why is it happening to me? Why are these things happening to people that I love? That's the question. Now, this past Monday is Labor Day. Um, And so I took my kids out to see a movie. We went to see When the Game Stands Tall. Has anybody gone to see that movie yet? Really? You should all go see it. It's an excellent movie. I had no idea what it was about before I went except football. I knew it was a football movie, and I'd heard it was pretty good. And so I took my kids to go see it. And again, just take your families. It's a wonderful movie. But they asked this question. In this movie, why do bad things happen? And you know what? They don't just ask the question. They explore this question. Situation after situation, they, they ask this and they just present that. You know, human nature hasn't changed. Gideon is ancient. Yet he had the same question about God's present presence in difficult times as we do today. And there is not one thing wrong with asking that question. Now, one thing at all wrong with asking that question. It is absolutely normal and it is just fine. In fact, I encourage you to ask that question. You know what? I also encourage you to ask that question to God. You know, we are so ready to give our opinion 
and ask our questions and state all this stuff about God to anybody else but God. He is big enough and he can take it and he wants to hear you come to him and say, what is going on? What is the deal? I cannot take this. Do you not see me here? Do you not care? Take it to him. But be open to him. Listen for him. And be ready for him to reveal himself in your situation. However he will. See, the first step to being someone who leads through difficult circumstances Being someone who comes out on the other side of of difficulties stronger in your faith is trusting that God does care about us and that God is always present with us, that he is true to his promise to never leave us or forsake us, even when circumstances would say that he has. Or when the state of our world today would lead you to believe that maybe he was never even there to begin with or that he has just cast us off. You know, I was thinking about all of this and I was journaling about it and I was writing about how so many times when I'm anxious or I I feel surrounded by difficult circumstances or, or painful situations that I go through this sort of amnesia, and I wrote this down, the amnesia of anxiety. And here's what I meant by that. It's like when I'm I'm surrounded by all this, it's like all I can see in front of me is the difficult circumstance. And it's like in that moment of that anxiety and, and that fear, all I see is that. And it's like I forget where I have been with God in the past and how he's been present with me in my life before and the ways that he has supported me in other times. And, you know, when we get in that state, that little amnesia of anxiety moment, we forget about that. And we start doubting that God is present with us now. And we start wondering if he cares and if he sees us and if he's going to do anything. And so then we get sucked up into more and more fear. And then we start becoming convinced that this trial will end us. This one right here is going to end me. There's no way I can get through this. You know, the enemy would love for you to get caught up in that amnesia. He would love for you to think that when the circumstances are bad, that God is absent, that he doesn't see you, that he doesn't care about you or your pain. And if he can get you so focused and so overwhelmed by your circumstances, if he can have you down in that pit of that wine press, hanging on to the very last bit of yourself in fear, believing that you're all alone, then that is where he'll have you. That is where he'll have you. But nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, you know, it's often in our times of our deepest pain and most extreme suffering that we experience God's presence most powerfully. And it's in the experience of God's strength as we persevere and we trust him through difficulties. That's what forms 
our courage. That is what strengthens our faith. And that is what will make us a person of influence who will make a difference in the world around us. I don't know if you guys have um, heard of this book or heard of Sarah Young. Sarah Young wrote Jesus Calling. I know a lot of you in here have used that devotional guide. Um, This one is Jesus Today. Um, And I was reading through here, and I found one that was just perfect for today. And I just wanted to read this straight from here for you this morning because it was so, so good. I'm a very present and well-proved help in trouble. She writes this as, as God speaking directly to us. I'm a very present and well-proved help in trouble. My presence is always with you, but I am very present in times of distress. Because you are a member of my royal family, a citizen of my heavenly kingdom, I am committed to caring for you. During stressful times, your heart may race and your adrenaline level may soar. These physiological changes can block your awareness of my presence. So it's vital at such times to remind yourself, Jesus is here with me. In fact, he is a very present, he is very present with me in this hard situation. Then take some slow, deep breaths so that you can relax enough to connect with me and draw strength from me. Biblical history has many examples of my faithfulness during times of trouble. World history, including current events, also contains proof of my powerful presence. You won't hear of this in secular news reports, but I continue to do miracles in your world. Moreover, as you look back over the years of your own life, you will see many instances of my meeting your needs in hard times. Since I am such a well-proved help, you can trust me to help you now. You know, Gideon will rise up as a powerful leader for the people of Israel. And he is going to see God's miracles, God's wonderful deeds happen right in front of his eyes. He's going to get there. And we'll get there with him in our series. But his first step was to believe that God was with him and God was with the people of Israel through some of their darkest times, through difficult, painful situations. And he was going to have to make a choice. Am I going to keep living according to my circumstances? Am I just going to try to survive and get through this? Just try not to die? Or am I going to survive by looking to my Lord and trusting Him and gleaning power from His presence in me? Am I going to live according to my circumstances or am I going to live according to my God? And that's the question for us. You know, as God is calling us to lead and to make a difference, do we believe that he cares and that he wants to use us, that he's with us, he's with the people around us in our difficulties? He is. So how do we start living like that and trusting him for the power we need to do that? You know, this morning, we're going to take communion together. And there's no better way 
for us to be reminded of and to experience the grace of God's presence than to come forward here and remember that it was his body that was broken for us. It was his blood that was shed for us. It was our God who didn't stay distance, distant from our problems and our pain, but he fully entered into it. He participated in it so that we could be freed from it, so that his power could be in us, his very life could be in us. So I'd encourage you as you come forward this morning to be very prayerful and to think about where do I need to say to God, Lord, I've been holding out on how I really feel about this situation right here. I thought you'd been absent. I'm kind of mad at you about it. Well, ticked off. You know, maybe that's what you need to bring. Maybe you just need to remember, Lord, you're so much more present than I have given you credit for. Remind me of that. Maybe you've come here today with someone that you know is going through a difficult circumstance and you're feeling strong. You be the one, even if you're sitting across the room from someone you know is going through something, feel free. Move around this room and just go tell someone you are not alone. I am praying for you and I am here. You are not alone. Go do that. Be the body. Support each other. Love each other. Do that. This is a holy moment as we come forward and we participate in this together. So I'd encourage you to do that as you come. As our musicians are coming forward, um, I want us to just have a time of prayer before we move forward into communion. So as they come, let's pray together. Lord, you are good. You are always good. Even when things around us would say it's all bad and you're absent, Lord, you're good. And we will take our stand there today. Lord, I'm so aware of so many people around me who it just seems like they're taking one hit after another after another. It's not fair. And you don't think it's fair, God. You don't like it. But you are there to help us be warriors in the midst of it. To rise up from it in a way that we never thought possible. So Lord, be that, be our power, and be our strength. And give us the words we need to be the encouragement and the support for others around us who struggle. Be the strength we need to overcome in our pain. We love you so much, Lord, and we thank you for everything you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.